0: welcome to think big with dan and kasim join hosts dan melnick and kasim masood as they explore big ideas limitless possibilities and engage with visionaries entrepreneurs and thought leaders who dare to dream big get inspired motivated and find practical tips for personal growth think big dream bigger and ignite your potential
1: Welcome to Think Big with Anna Cossum. and our guest today is James Clark. So James, did you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us where you live and what you do for a living.
0: Yeah, I'm James Clark. I'm the CEO of Room 214. We are located in Boulder, Colorado, headquartered there, but work remote. Uh, we are a company that focuses on uh, growing and scaling e-commerce businesses. So, you know, anything, you know, most businesses are under 3 to $10 million range.
1: Awesome. So how did you go about getting started doing what on what you're doing today?
0: That's quite the journey. So I started out uh, in the early 1990s, dating myself a bit here, uh, in public relations. I ran, actually at 27, I was the CEO and partner of a high-tech public relations agency Uh, it was an interesting time to be that uh so as a 27 year old most of the people were older than me and i'd sit in a room with uh a lot of clients who are far older than me but uh certainly had a knack for it just in terms of storytelling and talent and then uh, i sold that business and then started room 214 with uh my then uh co-founder who exited the company this year uh but uh he and I were uh, college roommates, and he had a web design agency. So this is kind of back in the day, and I was on the communications side. And we said, "What if we put these two things together?" So this is 20 years ago, um, and we built a communications agency that was able to uh, post things on the web for you, like build build blogs, build websites, you know, that kind of stuff. And that, you know, essentially, we were in the right place at the right time. So I, I wrote a I wrote a white paper. Uh, back in the day that generated a lot of visibility for me called Fire Your PR Firm. And then I actually went to PR firms and told them why, you know, why they, you know, why they potentially have a danger in their in their future because of the internet. Like, you know, searches, we, we defined it as search engines are media today and those who rank highest have the biggest authority. So, and then from there, I would say the business hasn't been the same for 20 years. As you can imagine a digital Everything changes, and uh, it's been quite the journey and different experiences along the way.
2: Great. So, what's the technology role in your business? So,
0: from from technology, we take a look at how do we leverage uh, the the best technology available to us. Right now, um, we're really we work with a lot of companies, and a majority of them are coming to us and they're. Built on Shopify. Now, I'm not saying that that is the the right way to go, but what we find is, you know, scaling a business on on Shopify is relatively difficult. For instance, uh, we just talked with a potential customer, and they had over 70 third party apps running uh, on their on their Shopify site, and uh, and literally the person was new new to the role in marketing and couldn't figure out which one was triggering uh, the abandoned cart emails. So in a way, like we, we come in from a mentality of like, we have an opinionated approach to the, the technology and the technology stack. Uh, and then we leverage that opinionated approach to one, drive down costs and manage costs because tech, you know, the, the idea of SaaS, I think, there's, I think there's a little movement coming around. It's, you know, this idea of like, hey, you know, you you know, we scale when you scale. I mean, when those margins with margins across the board, I think there's a reckoning coming in SaaS businesses who operate like that. And uh, we look for opportunities to when we're able to scale the business, all of their technology expenses don't scale with with their revenue. So there's efficiencies that are associated with it, um, and that you know that that applies to all kinds of third-party apps in uh, in different technology platforms that are part of our opinionated stack.
2: Great. So, what do you think? Uh, what are the benefits to investing in technology for your business?
0: Well, one would be if you're investing in the technology, you have a level of freedom that I believe is not quite associated in an entrepreneur's mind as of yet. So we, we we talk about this quite frequently. I mean, you are, if you're on Shopify, you're, you're owned by Shopify. Uh, it's, you know, you don't have the flexibility. And by the way, I'm not hammering Shopify. We, we, we love it, we use it. Uh, but when companies are are actually looking to scale and maybe looking for an exit, and they're looking for a value proposition that remains their own, they have to understand that there is a portion of their business that remains subservient to the technology platforms. And so you know that, that idea, that mentality around technology, so we, we'll hook up with the client, if they're young and they're in the one to $3 million range and they're trying to scale, you know, we can stay in that Shopify environment and do really well for them. If they're looking at that 10 million and they're trying to go to 50, let's say, now their scaling becomes exponential and it becomes detrimental to the future valuation of the company when you're able to own your technology uh per se and then o- own your customers also i mean these are kind of the two things we like to talk about as we all know the cookie list world is, is flying at us and uh the, the combination of those two things are really going to generate a, a tremendous amount of exponential value in an organization
2: yeah so uh, that's uh something good in fact uh and i'm talking more about technology because uh i'm the tech guy <laughs> so... <laughs> of course <laughs> so yeah i i know about technology so that's why i i talk a lot about technology so when you are using anything uh for your business the major thing is tracking so if you are using technology and you 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 think like technology has a good role and uh, it can it can give a good value to your business then do you have some metrics to uh, track uh, the effectiveness of your technology like how do you track the effect- effectiveness of the technology at work
0: from a te- from a technology perspective it's a matter of ease of use and investment into it so we do track our time against a particular project so you know is this are we able to you know, make a request. You know, build this quickly. You know, execute against that. Um, but a majority of it, we we really take a, a larger view. We kind of pull back a little bit and consider technology as part of the overall cost of running the business. So we take a look at you know what are the costs of running the business? How are you going to grow and scale it? And this is interesting. So but what we take a look at is that a lot of companies need to know around because we're focused on growth. And what happens with growth is. Uh, more problems, right, you know, but, you know, more opportunities that are combined with both of those. And so if your technology expenses are growing exponentially with your growth, you have you have an issue uh, involved in the organization. Um, and typically what we like to see is those technology expenses become highly efficient, flatten out, not to say that it won't go up o- over time, uh, where you know you need those margins in the business you need those gross margins you know from your product to reinvest in into the company and then like let's say invest in technology that we think is really customer driven so yeah. let's take a look at technology that uh it better relates to and connects to the customer mm-hmm. versus uh you know versus just another stack on an- on another stack and um a, a lot of a lot of that, you know, that ideation around like, how do we, how do we measure it? It still all comes down into profitability a, a, of the overall business. And we take a look at, we, you know, there's, there's a line item when we work with our clients. What's our, what's our tech expenditure? Um, and we actually um, have a program where we'll cover the tech costs. Because, and one of the reasons is, when we take a look at a company, for instance, this prospect I was just talking with, they clearly don't know how to manage their technology When we go into the end, so we go, listen, we're going to take this burden off you and we're just going to manage this. And now like if it becomes our, so it puts our skin in the game really. And it's like, if our skin's in the game, we want to, we want to drive margins, but we want to do it in a way that also drives interest, drives revenue. So it's not a a hindrance to the overall organization. So our, our, our view is like, that thing needs to work for us and uh, not against us. And, uh, and, and that, you know, that's that, that's that beauty. That's that beauty of technology. Awesome. So in terms of
1: working for you, so are you utilizing AI today for your clients? Absolutely. hundred percent. And, you
0: know, we, we use it on a couple different levels. And so one of our approaches, one of our methodologies is we, we call it our, the coherence method, uh, but we reach out and we do customer interviews. So we'll interview our customer's customer uh, and we'll capture those interviews. And so we'll take in, we'll record them, we'll have transcriptions and we, we capture all of that data. So, and we create a specific repository of all that content that is unique to our own customer. And so we use like certain connective tissues like Zbrain to be able to connect into Google Docs to be able to then train the AI to look at our content, not just content in general from a prop writing perspective. So we use it from the standpoint of hey, we would like to you know pull customer quotes, uh, you know pull push holes and we train it in specifically on how we look at it, uh, which then kind of puts a repository available to the entire team. Uh, so that we know that we're not you know, using any kind of data that's not you know, allocated or falsified. I mean, it's our own content and our own data, and that's what we want to be able to mine and drive. And so clearly, there's a, a lot of chatbots that are coming out that it, you, you know, hey, you can build out your own FAQ PDF, and it can it can just like drive directly off that. So it's not going into you know the known wild and pulling back pulling back data. We think of the same thing just in terms of our own content. And we're doing some unique stuff with brand voice, too. So you'll see this consistently in terms of content writing. Um, a brand will have a particular voice. When we go through and work with the brands, you know, we, you know, we'll identify what's their archetype. So they might be a jester, they might be a captain, they might be a healer. You know, there's a whole bunch of different archetypes. Um, Well, how are you going to get an AI to write in a particular archetype? So we're doing a little project right now. It's pretty fun um, that we, we are literally saying, okay, we're taking a commencement speech delivered to a college university. And we're saying this commencement speech is written by the archetype of a healer. Like, what would they say and how would they say it? And then when we talk, when we now position the AI, we say, use this document as the voice document like the actual what is the brand voice and so now it has the ability to learn that it's actually pretty phenomenal so we're just about to finish out all of those archetypes to be able to train the ai to write in the voice of that that brand uh which is which is pretty fun because right now it's you know you can ask it a a lot there are tools out there that'll say point me to a website and i'll use that as the archetype well i don't some websites you can't even tell what archetype it is and a lot of times our clients the current websites that they've hired us that's not the archetype we want to write it so you know where does it where does it come from and how do we differentiate uh in addition to that we have a lot of prompt database so we begin to train like really train the ai on good examples so we have swipe files so you can imagine here's three good um headlines that worked really great for this particular product. So we have this. And then we say, now, write a headline that does this. And here's an example of three high-converting headlines that we know. Of. And then it now it's like training and learning to be able to generate that.
1: Awesome. So have you seen any use cases for your clients for blockchain or crypto wallets? Do you think that's something that is growing? Or do you think that was more of like a trend a couple of years ago? I, you know, I find this.
0: I am fascinated and love the blockchain and crypto. Uh, one of our previous companies that we owned and worked for and sold was a uh, a community platform called uh, Social Engine, and I honestly believe that creating communities and leveraging blockchain and crypto, uh, I actually think okay, here's here's something coming from a person who's advertising. I actually think it's going to significantly change. The advertising world and there's a freaking easy way to to go about it and so it really comes out of the idea of cooperative thinking so co-ops right if you're you know if you're a member of rei that's a buyer's co-op if you spend x amount on any of those either if you are you get that money back um and what you could do with with blockchain and cryptocurrencies in terms of micro payments is you know have people and again also being being based on you know are these platforms time well spent right you know are we spending good time on it is the interaction good and if so how do we reward those individuals and I think that that particular area and again this is all consumer focused and having the brand understand maybe there's a benefit uh to your particular customers to join your particular community that then has some form of token and coin associated with it now, believe me, I've I've been in strategy meetings with a lot of CEOs. I bring this up because one of the things we often talk about to, to move someone from point A to, from two, right, from where they are to where they need to be. Oftentimes, you don't want them to be like from point A to point B. You have to present point Z because they're going to be way uncomfortable out there. And some of these ideas we present are, let's build this in uh, leveraging blockchain and cryptocurrency. And then they'll bring it back a little like that. You uh, know, that idea is like, hey, it's not going to cost you a million dollars, then they're more likely to buy it for 200,000 if you put it out there. And then and then you plant the seed uh, and then curiosity starts coming into play. And then it's fun to play, especially with executives who are future thinking. It's fun to send articles to them or check this out. And and next thing, a lot of my banter comes in that world of blockchain and cryptocurrency. But I have to tell you, there's not a lot of activity from a brand perspective right now in that area. So I would say, you know, certainly AI has stepped into the hype game uh, that was there for blockchain and crypto. Uh, But I still think there's a a solid future for it. And then when you combine the two, right? Uh, You know, when you bring these two pieces together, it's just like, I honestly believe that with blockchain and, and AI, you know, we should be able to press a button and our taxes are done, like. Boom, like this, because it, it it's it, everything's backed up. It can be confirmed. All of our finances are in a particular area. I mean, there are some really interesting evolutions when those two come together. That kind of spark of creativity, uh, and this is what I'm most excited about AI. It's just the speed of which we can then be begin developing it and thinking. But there's a unique combination in that AI. But I, I honestly think people who are who are are doing AI right now uh, and they're investors. I think they're told, don't bring up blockchain, that you're going to scare everybody off. Don't bring up cryptocurrency. you are going to scare you off, but they're interested in it, and they're still playing in the backgrounds with it. So it's been moved, moved into the shadows a little bit, I would say.
2: Yeah, and um, you know, there are many people who do things like um, using too much AI is not good, uh, like there's the human factor in it but yeah I, I understand maybe you should not use it for making your assignment maybe but <laughs> well, uh, uh, but you know if ai can expedite something for you like it, this is the same concept just like not to reinvent the wheel i know like when i'm using ai i'm i'm, I'm using ai a lot uh, and uh, this bo- this this ai boost my creativity boost my creative ideas so if this can speed up something just like uh, as you said if we are using it for speeding up for boosting something this is a good idea to use it so yeah I'm honored with you <laughs> okay Yeah. so you know you know what I? Found?
0: Yeah. Based on that, what I found is telling individuals and putting the challenge out to the individuals in our organization is to use AI not for our jobs but for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like start you, and all of a sudden they start going, "Man, I think I could use this in 20 million different ways." And it 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 yeah. it begins to show them the power of what you're saying of create, you know, introducing creativity, you know, helping like with some of the little things. It's like, hey, you want to plan a trip. Use some AI. It's like that. It also you're like, this is crazy. So I apologize. Exactly. I think
2: I interrupted you. No, 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 no issues. No problem. In fact, we are just chatting about, uh, about. we're just exchanging our thoughts. So I'm completely okay with that. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, when AI jumped in, uh, like AI was always there, even in uh, when I was in university, like 15 years back. <laughs> so <laughs> at, even at that time, uh A was there. But uh after this, GPT is changed. Like this is a new age of AI now. So people many people said, okay, AI is uh getting our jobs. In fact, AI is reducing the jobs. And uh, believe me, like many other things that we were doing uh were replaced with AI, like AI started doing all those things. But after this, like we the only thing we have to do is to uh, meet the flow. If AI is there now we should accept it so this again this was a thing that created a lot of more jobs a lot of more jobs so even even for us in technology field like yeah many things AI came there and uh, starting started working on many things but again AI uh, maybe reduced two jobs and generated more 200 jobs so in this perspective yeah new change new things and changes are obviously good okay so i wanted to ask um what are some hard choices you had to make to uh, get where you are right now
0: yeah i there are oh, the the choices were always to not do something um so uh, is And some of those choices were detrimental uh, and could be like, hey, listen, you know, we actually built, we were one of the first organizations that created uh, a podcast platform. We had our own podcast platform called Postinger. We were running podcasts for the NFL and for NASCAR. We were building all, all, all this out. And then we thought, you know, podcasting just really hasn't caught on <laughs> that well. And you know, this is, this, gosh, this is maybe like 12 years ago. Um, but, it, you know, so we chose just not, you know, not to pursue it uh, and and not to continue in it. So there were some no's in that decision um, in that, especially when you're having fun doing it. So there's this interesting combination of we need revenue within the organization. Here's a cool opportunity. And I can say, and I I would think that if we would have stuck with it, things would have worked out just great been in a different maybe a different situation um but those those tough choices when you when you make them you have to you have to move on uh and it's like one of those things like you'll come across like certain people that will talk about oh i had that idea um or you know worked on it but but then did you execute on it you know did you follow through with it and so the idea will always find a home somewhere else uh if if you're not the one you know, particularly own, owning it. And so there's a great uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. And so I'll bring a funny little reference in here. She's the author of uh, uh, Eat, Pray, Love. She has a new book called uh, Big Magic. And she talks about this in terms of an idea will show up in many places, and it's trying to find a home. And you know, so those hard choices, those decisions around ideations of where to take the future, and then just understanding either we embrace it and move forward with it or, or we don't take it. Some of the, some of the hardest ones, by the way, and this one gets me every time is we'll have clients that are, or prospective clients that will come to us and they just don't have the budget, but man, do I love who they are. And and I, and I love the, I love the energy and I just want to work for them for free. And, uh, and so there's a lot of that, that comes through. Um, and, it has really—it's really driven me to start, like, like you, like you guys are doing here. Is you know to start putting out content and references to really help help people understand and build their build their businesses.
1: So that's really cool. So if we're gonna have this conversation again in one year from now, where do you expect things to be for Room Two One Four?
0: Yeah, I, I would—I'd put us at
1: a situation
0: where. We are really, really dialed in on the idea of profitable customer acquisition. It's a guarantee that we bring in right now, but with with AI, uh, in terms of and it's especially with uh, the ability to target and and create content and le- leverage, you know, pull particular levers uh, within marketing. I, I would see us, you know, having a position and a stake, and maybe a couple of the companies that are coming through to us because once we have the ability our, our dream is always to have a, a, a stake in the game with someone and so we would love to have stake in the game with it like some of these companies i talk about that maybe couldn't afford to bring us on well maybe we do that work and we do it uh based on knowing that we can grow and scale their business and yeah, taking a piece of future revenue I, mean, I love that idea of being a uh, a participant in the growth of the organization.
1: That's really exciting. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you or to your website, do you mind sharing it, you know, how somebody could find you or your company? Sure. On uh, on X, also known as mm-hmm. Twitter, I'm at James O'Clark. Uh,
0: Be personally. Uh, room 214 is at room underscore 214. Our web address is room214.com. Awesome. Well, James, yeah. thank
1: you so much for your time. I really enjoyed our conversation and we're we're rooting for you as you're growing and utilizing AI more in the next year or so. Excellent.
0: Thanks, gentlemen. I really appreciate you. the time thank
1: today. Thank you. Likewise.
2: Thanks, Adam. Thanks.
0: <laughs> All Goodbye. Right, bye. All
1: right. bye.